Praise God. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Romans chapter 5. And we're going to be reading verses 20 and 21. And then I will let us be seated and we will continue to read the scripture. There will be much uh, scripture read today. We're just so grateful to the Lord and all that he is doing, his move of the spirit, what he has been doing uh, over the last few uh, weeks. Um, it, we have been learning and, and preaching about the, the basics plan of salvation, and we're going to continue with that uh, here uh, today. Amen. Book of Romans chapter 5 and verse number 20. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace, everybody say grace, did much more abound. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign how does grace reign? How? How does grace reign in your life? Through righteousness. Grace is not about forgiving your sins. Grace is about how to teach you to live righteous. First Timothy, no, Titus chapter 2 verses 11 and 12 the Bible says the grace of God hath appeared unto all men. Doing what? Teaching us how to live godly and soberly in this ungodly present world. That's what grace will do for us. Amen. I thank God for grace. How about you? Thank God for grace. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of the Lord, I pray that you anoint your servant today. Use me for your glory. I ask that the ears of this place be anointed to hear. Our hearts soften that we might receive the word of God. Oh Lord, I pray that there would be a hunger born in this place to draw closer to you. To know you more than we have ever known you. To walk in a relationship, oh God, so close that we can hear your voice. That we can feel, oh God, your persuasion. I pray, Lord, that you would minister mightily. Let the glory of God be revealed. And let truth come to light. We ask it in the mighty name of the Lord and Savior Jesus. And everybody say amen. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say holiness. Our response to sin. Lord bless you. You may be seated. To all of our guests, we welcome you today. To those, our church members that are online, thank you for joining in today. To our guests that are online, we thank you for being here and we pray that the Lord ministers to you mightily. We have been talking in the last few weeks, we started out with the subject of repentance and what a mighty powerful subject that is. We learned a very valuable thing concerning repentance and that is that we do not even have the ability to repent, truly repent, unless God grants that repentance. 
The Lord said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I want to tell you that if you have come to God, if you have given your heart, your, your mind and your life to the Lord, it's because He found you, He chose you, and He drew you. And He grants us repentance. The other valuable thing we learned about repentance is that we didn't even really understand repentance until after we were filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And after we were buried in the mighty name of Jesus for the remission of our sins. Then when we begin to walk in the presence of God, we begin to understand how severely we actually walk in the flesh and in our carnality. But God out of His love and grace draws us to him and through his mercy and goodness grants us repentance and we're able to begin to change our lives through the power of the Holy Ghost after repentance we find in the word of the Lord we are commanded to be buried in the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved and that is the name of Jesus Christ we learn that everything we do in word and deed we are to do all in that mighty name we found that when we are buried in the mighty name of Jesus our sins are remitted we go down as an old man but we come up as a brand new creature in Christ and God begins to work upon our life he changes our thinking he changes our desires he changes our motives he changes everything about us and we begin to walk a brand new life in him a different path hallelujah anybody out there experience this praise God Come out of that water and the word of the Lord says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the power and the Spirit of God that writes His law across our hearts. We found out that the Ark of the Covenant represented this uh, holiness, this spirit, uh, this power of God. The veil representing the flesh when it was ripped, uh, it exposed humanity. And then Jesus stood and said, Whosoever will, let him come. And when you come to God, repent of your sins and you're baptized in His name. He fills you with the power And you become his place As we learned last week And the ark of the covenant Is put back in the temple Where it belongs God never intended for his power And his spirit to dwell in badger skins Or tents of animal skins But it was always designed To be in your heart For him to influence your mind And your will and your ways And to turn us into mighty Soldiers of the army of God walking upon this earth doing his divine will. All of that is when the ark comes into the heart. And we're going to continue from that here today because when they put that ark, when they put that ark into the holiest of holies and they placed it behind that curtain, into and the Bible tells us that when they placed it, they removed the staves. They removed the bars of gold that carried that ark, took them out. It was a way of saying, it's here to stay. 
It was a way of saying this isn't something temporary. I didn't come to church just because I had a bad problem and I needed God to fix it. I've come to give my life to Him. I'm not planning on moving on when things get better. Somebody hear the preacher today. I'm not planning on going back out into the world when God fixes everything in my life. I pulled the staves. I removed them. God's power is here to stay. It's here to remain in my heart, my mind, my spirit, my life. I think that's what we see happen way too often to too many people coming to the house of the Lord. God touches them mightily, changes things, even heals, maybe heal their marriage, touch their children. Maybe he heals their body or touches their finances or whatever it is that they may be that may not need to be needed. And, and oh, God does such a wonderful thing, but they never remove the staves out. What do you mean, Pastor? They continue to do things that they know that, that God has already moved upon them, pricked them. Talk to them about it. This I don't want you to be that way. I don't want you to live that way. I don't want you to do these things. You're mine now. You're my temple. You represent me. You walk in a world of ungodliness and unholiness. And you represent me. You're my temple. And God is saying change and do and rearrange. But the beautiful thing about it is you'll never be happier than when you serve God. Your marriage will never be better. Your children will never be better. Your finances will never be better. Nothing, everything is greater when you walk with God. Even the worst day of your life is better when you're walking with God. Come on, somebody. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Don't face that trouble on your own. Walk through that valley all by yourself. <laughs> David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. He said, I will fear no evil. Thou, Lord, with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Don't you walk through that valley by yourself. Get a hold of the hand of God. Stay in this thing. It don't matter how tough it gets, how rough it is. Stay in this thing. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved. This walk with God is not temporary. <laughs> it's till death do we part. It's till I walk into his presence. It's till I close my eyes. On this terrestrial, and I open my eyes on the celestial. It's till I stop breathing this old stale air, and I take my first breath in heaven. If we're going to breathe there, I'm not really sure. But I take my first breath in heaven, and it's as pure and clean as it can be. It's when I close my eyes to the anger and the bitterness and the hurt and the pain and the revengeousness of this earth. And I open my eyes up to a place of glory and purity and love and holiness. And I see his face for the first time. Woo! Oh, hallelujah. Heaven's going to make it worth it all. Paul the Apostle said, if we live for Christ and our hope in Christ is in this world only, we are men most miserable. But because he has given us promises 
And he has prepared a place for us, the word of God says. It gives us hope that we're going to leave this old world one day. And we're going to join up with that heavenly cloud of witnesses the Bible talks about. And we're going to make heaven our home. Everybody say it's a journey. I want to let us know today that everything in this word is for our good. Everything in this Bible is for our good. When God comes into our life, he begins to speak to our heart. He speaks to our spirits and our minds. He begins to change things. When someone does us wrong and we, we got evil thoughts, the Lord says, no, 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 no. No, that's not how you think. I'm in you now. He said, I'm going to tell you how you handle this. You pray for those that despitefully use you. If they steal your cloak, give them your cloak. If they hit you on the right cheek, turn them to the left. That's how you do it when you walk with God. Things begin to change in our life. <clears throat> he changes how we respond, how we react. He changes how we think. He changes what we do, where we go, what we read, what we watch. He changes what we, uh, what we wear, how we dress, because we are now representing the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are no longer our own, Paul the Apostle tells us in Romans chapter 1. It is our reasonable surface to sacrifice our human body and to give it unto him is what the word of the Lord says. Can you say amen? So with all of that said, I want you to follow me through the word of God today. And I want to start us on a journey I'll never be able to finish here this morning. But I want to lay a little bit of a foundation of the beauty of separation. The beauty of coming out from among them, the Bible says. Coming out from the world and joining ourselves unto the holiness and the righteousness of Christ. You know, the Bible tells us that the, uh, that the uh, breastplate is the shield of righteousness and that the fiery darts of the devil cannot penetrate it that we are protected with this armor uh, that we put on righteousness is a shield to you when you begin to live right <clears throat> there's a lot of things you don't have to worry about i remember a story my brother told me uh my brother james and i i don't i think my brother horman was with him this is when uh i was just a, a youngin and and uh, they had gone to a, a, a bore room, and uh, my brother James was a hotshot pool shooter, and they would, they would con people, you know, and he would lose the first few games. And then when they got to the $1,000 bet, he'd run the table. And so people would get upset and mad about that. And one time that happened, and they were in there, and, and uh, he turned around to get a drink from the board, and the, the guy that he had conned picked up a, a mug of beer and hit him over the back of the head with it, shattered that mug on the back of his head, put him in the hospital with stitches. And, and I, you know, he's telling me that story. And back then I thought it was so cool. It ain't so cool when you get old, though. That can kill you. And I got to thinking today, I don't have to worry about nobody hitting me in the back of the head with a beer mug in a boardroom. You know why? Because God taught me not to go in there. The Lord said, no, 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 no. That's not where you go. That's not where you hang out. The very fact that we bring righteousness into our life becomes a protection to us. 
Romans chapter 6, verse number 1. What shall we say then? So let's start this journey because I want to tell you, we live in a religious world that has <clears throat> totally diluted and polluted the precious word of God. They have taken his truth and twisted it and have convinced men and women <clears throat> that how you live does not matter. What you do does not matter. As long as you confess Christ, you can go anywhere, you can be anything, you can do anything, live any kind of ungodly way, live any kind of ungodly lifestyle. In fact, today it's gotten so bad that there are actually religions that are ordaining people who are living immoral lifestyles. Yet they are ordaining them because they're saying, well, you know, that's you, that's how you feel, that's how you believe, and that's you, that's how you feel, that's how you believe, but the word of God. God says it is of no private interpretation. <clears throat> you can't take the word of God was never designed for you and I to take it and to twist it and apply it to our lives so that we can remain comfortable in the way that we live. The word of God is designed to take us, twist us, apply us to the word of God. And everything that he says and everything that he does, it is for our benefits. Verse number 1 of chapter number 6. The word of the Lord says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now this is the concept of religion today. That it doesn't matter because the grace of God is always going to forgive you. The grace of God is always. It doesn't matter. You're going to be, you're going to be fine. It's go and do it. No. Paul said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that the grace may abound? God forbid, he said. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us, here it is, which were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death. What happens when you're buried in Jesus' name? Your sins are remitted. Your past is washed away. The old man dies. You come out a new creature. And Paul the apostle says, from this day forward you change you do things different you begin to walk God's way you begin to obey God's word I feel like I'm losing you no you're not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ we're baptized into his death therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead. By the glory of the Father. Even so we. We also should walk. Here it is. We should walk in the newness of life. When you come into this thing, everything changes. Paul said you begin to walk a new life. You begin to talk a new talk. You begin to act a new act. Everything about you is different. He goes on to say, for if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also 
Else we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this our old man is crucified with him. That the body of sin might be destroyed. That henceforth we should not serve sin. For he, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Romans 6 verses 1 and 2. I read them in the beginning. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer there? in we cannot sin just because grace is in our life in fact willfully sinning according to James is unforgivable willfully sinning is unforgivable God forbid how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein what our response to temptation is. How we respond when we are tempted as we were before we knew Christ. <clears throat> God will give us the power. Listen to James 4 and 17. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it is sin. Stay with me. My little children, first John 2 and 1, my little children, these things I write unto you, that ye sin not. Everybody say, sin not. Thank God for the second half. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. There is an advocate if we sin, but the first command was sin not grace is not a license to sin mercy is not a license to sin we represent Jesus Christ everywhere you go you're him everybody you speak to it's God talking everybody you touch it's God touching how you treat them how you respond everything you do you are representing Jesus Christ and so the word says sin not but God knows we're not perfect. He knows when someone steals your donut, you're going to get mad. Some of y'all, y'all need somebody to hang around you and always steal your donut. Because y'all been having too many of them. You see, the key word is, if... Any man's sin. God can give you and I the power to conquer things in our life. If we so desire to conquer them. The problem is we love our bedfellows. We love the things we hang out with in the flesh. We're not so sure we want God to cut them off. You and I both know they become a thorn in that old flesh. And we spend more time on our face repenting before God than we do working in the kingdom. What good is a soldier that spends more time in the medic room 
repairing his wounds that he spends out on the field fighting the war. In fact, after a while in our army, they pack them up and send them off. Say, son, you're no good to us. Just go home. Thank God for a merciful God. Put your hands together to the Lord. Sins, Christians will not inherit eternal life if sin is left unrepented of. I'm talking about a sinful way or life. I don't mean you have a bad thought and the rapture comes, you don't make it. Come on. We're under his blood. Right? We're under his blood. We are forgiven and his grace and mercy resides upon us. We're talking about when you begin to premeditate and you begin to go down a path of sin in your life. You begin to live in a pattern of sin, rebellious against the word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse number 9. Just a tad more monitor by my feet here, Luke. Thank you. 1 Corinthians 6 and 9. Know ye not that the unrighteous... Listen to this. Now, these scriptures are not written to the sinner. The book of Corinth was written to the church of Corinth. It's the church. And so Paul says to the church, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Look at his words. He's talking to the saints. Be not deceived. Don't fool yourself. Don't kid yourself. Be not deceived. Fornicators, idolaters, adulterers, effeminate, abusers of themselves with mankind. Thieves, covenants, drunkards, revilers, extortioners shall not inherit the kingdom of God. He tells the church of Galatia, chapter 5, verse number 19. Now these are the works of the flesh are manifested. He says to the church, pay attention to the works of the flesh. Adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings. And then you don't need it there. And it says, and anything else that's like it. And anything else that's close to it. He's not preaching to the wino in the gutter. It's not preaching to the drug addict in the, uh, in the hidden dark places somewhere. He's not preaching to the harlot at the harlot house. He is preaching to the saints of God. And he says these things are in your flesh. And you must keep them under the power of God. If we do not, they will rise up and they will destroy us. Sin is out to destroy everything that God blesses. 
The devil is out to steal every soul that God has redeemed and saved. And inside of you is every weapon and every tool that the devil will ever need. He don't have to go find something somewhere else. Everything I read in that book is in every single one of us. And only if we stay connected to God. Only if we stay in prayer. Only if we stay in that word. Only if we fast. Only if we cry out with our heart, soul, mind, and body unto him. And subject ourselves to his presence, his ways, and his laws. Will we keep these things submitted and put them under our feet. And we will walk in the spirit and not fulfill the carnality of the flesh. The Bible says. We must put off the works of the flesh and put on the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. John says, hereby we do know that we know Him. If, everybody say if, the whole world is claiming to know Him. But they continue in their sin because they've been taught. Grace will cover it. Mercy will cover it. That's not the purpose of grace and mercy. Never was. Grace and mercy teaches us. And when we, grace teaches us. And when we fail, mercy forgives us. And then grace continues to teach us. And when we fail, mercy forgives us. And then grace continues to teach us. And when we fail, mercy forgives us. But the point is, every time I get up, I walk down the path of grace. And I learn more and more every day how to live so that I please the Father. It's not about pleasing pastor. It's not about pleasing one another. It's about pleasing the heavenly father. You know the whole subject. The whole subject of holiness. We got it all messed up. God only gives one reason for you and I to live holy. One, be ye holy, for I am holy. Don't you get it? It's about relationship. God can only let you in so far if sin dwells in your life. Be ye holy, for I am holy. It's the word of God. It's about him loving you. It's about him bringing you in. It's about him walking with you. It's about having a relationship with you. Out holy one another. As if outward standards was holiness. It's not. God's holy. Nothing else.
Outward standards is nothing but you and I recognizing the weaknesses of the falling flesh. And dressing in such a way as the Bible commands us to do so that we do not tempt our brothers and sisters and cause them to fail. That's right. Holiness is at the heart. That's why the Lord looked at the Pharisees and said, you are, you are full on the outside. You got everything down, but you are full of dead men's bones on the inside. The things that we do out here are a representation of what's really going on in here. That's why when somebody continues to walk down a path of sin and proclaim to love him and desire and, and live for him and all of these things. No, if it's in here, it'll show up on the outside. The Lord said, if you clean the cup on the inside, the outside's going to be clean as well. John chapter 2 and verses 3 through 6. Hereby we do know that we know him if we keep his commandments. This isn't pastor, this is the word of God. New Testament in case you're wondering. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar. And the truth is not in him. No matter how much he proclaims it, if you're not walking it, talking it, living it, if it's not who you become, you are living a lie. But whosoever keepeth his word in him verily is the love of God perfected. Oh God, I want your love perfected in me. Then walk in my statutes, obey my commands, follow my word, and I will perfect my love in you. Whosoever keepeth this word in him, verily, is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. How he, he that saith he abideth in him, art, him, art himself also to walk even as he walked. Do you really think I preach this too hard? Are you kidding me? We're not even close to this. Some of y'all are still fornicating. Some of y'all are still committing adultery. Some of y'all hearts are full of lust. Some of y'all are full of envy. Maybe I ought to be saying us. Some of us. Include myself. Some of us are still full of strife, hatred, anger. These are all the works of the flesh. And the only way to bring them under control is to get in the Word of God. Get the Word of God in your heart. Get the Spirit. Pray, 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 pray. You got to pray in the Spirit. You got to pray in the Spirit. You got to drive the flesh down. You got to let the Holy Ghost grow inside of you. Woo! Because in us, in us, in us is no clean thing. 
You know, the word of the Lord, Jesus is speaking. And the word of the Lord says, every evil thought and every evil deed comes from within. Well, the devil made me do it. Liar. If the devil could make us do it, we'd all be dead. If the devil could make us do anything, every one of us would get in our cars and we would go a hundred miles an hour into the biggest oak tree we could find and he would kill every one of us today. You think he wants to take a chance on you, Sister Destiny? Where you at? Right there. No, she's right there. You think he wants to take a chance on you teaching a Bible study to Amanda and her get the Holy Ghost and get baptized today? Alanda, I think. Alanda, Alanda, sorry. Everybody here knows. When I get up in the morning, my wife looks at me and says, my name's Elizabeth and we're married. And then after I had my coffee, she lets me know I've got four kids. Thank God they're all grown and gone. Me and Mama got the house all to ourselves. We love it. No, he's not going to take a chance on that. He's going to kill you today if he could. But he can't. Because standing right next to you are two angelic beings from God that walks with you. Over your head is a crown of glory that abides upon you. And his power is it. The devil can't. Touch you. The devil can't touch you. He don't have the power to do it. You know where the power resides? It resides in us. We are drawn away by our own lust. We are enticed by our own lust. The Bible says. I have to recognize that these things are in this old fallen flesh. And the only way to keep them under control is to stay in the word of God and on my knees in prayer. And submit my mind and my heart and my spirit unto him. And the beauty about it is everything you think you might be giving up that could bring temporary pleasures to your life. Even Moses recognized that. He was willing to give up the temporary pleasures of this world and suffer and suffer with the children of God because he knew it's better to suffer with God than to dance with the devil. Because God's suffering will bring beauty and joy and happiness and tranquility and peace and hope. You bring all those things to you. Our suffering in Christ is just to bring this old flesh under control. Paul said, remove it, remove it, remove it. God said, no. That's what's keeping you walking with John tells us, I'm going to try to close here shortly. John tells us in John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God, forgive me. Why don't you lift your hands right now? God, forgive me. 
I confess before you my ways are not right. My ways are not perfect. Oh God, I open my mouth before thee. I love you, Father. I love you, Lord. His word says he is just to forgive us. He is just to forgive us. John chapter 5 and 14, music you can come. After which Jesus findeth himself in the temple, and he saith unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more. He finds the woman in John 8 and 11, and he says, Where are those that condemn thee? She said, Lord, I don't see them. He said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Grace, mercy. It's not a license to continue in your life of sin. I forgive you of your adultery. I forgive you of your sins. Go. Sin. No more. We conquer this through prayer. Romans 8 and 20. Romans 8 and 8. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. The Spirit helpeth our infirmities. It says that the Spirit maketh intercessions for us with groanings that cannot be uttered, the word of the Lord tells us. Look at this. Infirmities. The Spirit helps my infirmities, helps my weaknesses, helps my frailty, helps the weaknesses of my flesh. How am I going to overcome these things in my flesh? By getting on my knees and praying in the Spirit. And letting the Holy Ghost flow through me. And let the Holy Ghost begin to intercede for me. Because He knows my weaknesses. He knows my infirmities. My frailty. God knows everything about us. And when we pray in the Spirit, things that we don't even know about, temptations that are on the way, we don't even know they're coming. The Spirit will intercede. And like Jesus said to Simon, the devil desired to sift thee as wheat, but I have prayed for thee. Oh, I wish you could get a hold of this. Because you've been asking yourself the questions. You've been saying, why do I keep sinning over and over? Why do I keep committing the same sin? Why do I keep failing in the same place? Because you are not praying in the Spirit enough. When God filled you with the Holy Ghost and you spoke in other tongues, as the Spirit gave you the utterance, that was not to be the only time that you spoke in that heavenly language. That heavenly language is given to you. The Bible says we pray in the Spirit, building up our most holy faith. The Bible says we pray and the Spirit speaks through us groanings that cannot be understood, groanings that cannot be uttered. Uh, talks about things we don't even know about, we're not even conscious of. Uh, and, the, and the Spirit intercedes for us. And when the temptation comes we, we it even blows our own mind we ask ourselves the question how did I stand against that how did I refuse that I'm amazed at the resistance it's because you prayed in the spirit 
want to move on quick. Everybody say prayer. Everybody say the word. I'm talking about how we overcome us. Not the devil. You know how you overcome the devil? Devil, in Jesus' name, be silent. Done. He has no power over you. Certainly doesn't have power over the name of Jesus. You know, one of the most amazing scriptures is when, even though he was speaking about Herod, he was referring to the devil. Jesus spoke and told those men, you go tell that fox. He's got nothing. Not on me. In me. He's got nothing. There's nothing in me for him to get a hold of. He's Christ. But me and you, we got all kinds of love handles for the devil. And the only power that the adversary has in our life is when we, through lack of prayer and lack of the word of God, we release these things. Satan then takes advantage of them. And begins to manipulate, reshape, and shift. And we fall. Not because we're evil. But because we're devils. But because we did not keep these things submitted through prayer and the word. David said, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scorn. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. He's basically saying, he's so busy in God's word, he don't have time to mess around with those things. David said in Psalms 119 and 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart. Why? Why? That I sin not against thee. Another place the word of the Lord says, How does a man change his ways but by thy law? But by thy law. There's power in that word. You mix that word with the Spirit, you got a spiritual nuclear bomb that can blow up any temptation, blow up any devil, blow up any situation. You mix that spirit and that word together, friend. James said, wherefore, and I'm going to close with this. Wherefore, lay apart, put aside. Continuate, pick it up, put lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness 
and receive with meekness the engrafted word of God which is able to save your soul. Let's stand. He said, lay aside. Lay aside. You know what that tells me? This is important for you to know this. Because the devil would love for you to believe that when you're baptized and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost and begin to walk, serve God, that all your weaknesses go away. He would love for you to believe that God is going to do all the work. Some people say, well, we're not saved by works. Honey, you can't be saved without them. See, the religious world gets this mixed up. When the Bible says we're not saved by works, what the Bible means is you cannot become your own savior. You can't die on the cross for yourself. You can't forgive yourself. You cannot work in the heaven. We are not saved by works. But if you think that once you are saved, that you can stay saved without working, you're just as wrong on that side as if you believe you can be your own Savior. James said, Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. In another place, he said, your faith is dead without works, and without faith you cannot please God. Lay aside. That's something I have to do. When God fills you with the Holy Ghost, He's not going to walk into your house and remove all of those dirty magazines, young man. Sir. No. You're going to have to lay aside your own filthiness. But he'll give you the strength to do it. Before you couldn't do it, but now with the Holy Ghost and having the Word of God in you and being cleansed of unrighteousness, you can walk into that house and get those idols and that uncleanliness and you can lay them aside because God has given you the power to do it. But we still have our part, don't we? Yeah. We have to make decisions Every day of our life, you have to make a decision every day, multiple times, every day. Nope, 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 nope.
every day. But we can do it. And the Bible says when we begin to walk this path of righteousness, His love, His mercy, His grace, His goodness, His kindness follow us. He watches over us. When there's a need, He provides it. When there's an illness, He heals. When there's a problem, He works in that problem. He moves and touches and does. When we begin to walk down this path of righteousness with Him, and we make choices to pray and choices to read, the fellowship and the love that we have with God. It's a journey. It's a journey. I know that many of you may not want to come, but the altar is open if you want to come. And if you do, if you would please wear your mask just for the safety of others so that others would feel comfortable coming as well. But if we just want to come and talk to God about living for Him, about walking with Him, about about laying laying aside the filthiness of our life, laying aside the things that keep us bound, laying aside the things that hinder us. Paul said, you ran so well. What doth hindereth you? He said, you know the runner, you know the racer. They don't run with backpacks. They don't run with weights on their legs. They don't run with things that weigh them down. Paul said, lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset you. He said, lay it aside. Lay it down. You know about the things in your life. Church, let's pray. If you're in the seat, pray. If you're in the altar, pray. We know about the things that are in our life. We got to lay them aside. We got to get them out. They clutter what God's trying to do. They're, they're like junk in the pipe. They clog up the flow of the Spirit. Come on now. You know what I'm talking about. God's been dealing with us. There's things. They, they may not be big things. They're little things. But God's saying, if you'll lay it aside. Our relationship will grow so much. If you'll lay that aside, I'll be able to draw you in closer. If you'll put that aside. Come on, he's saying. Come on, young man. Come on, young lady. God's saying, walk with me. Walk with me. Let me show you the wonders of my power. Let me show you the wonders of my glory. Come on, mom and dad. The Lord's saying, walk with me. Get those things out of your house. Remove them. And I'll protect your children. Remove them. And I'll spare your marriage. Remove these things. Come on, you know you've been messing with things you shouldn't be messing with. You know you've been listening to that man and you shouldn't. You've been listening to that woman and you shouldn't. You feel the temptation in your heart and you're playing with fire. God said, lay it aside, lay it aside, lay it aside, lay it aside. Do it through prayer. Do it through the Word of God. Lay these things aside. Lay these things aside. God, we love you. We call out to you today. Lord, we want to walk closer to you than we've ever been. Oh, God, cleanse us. You said if we would confess our sins, 
you are just to forgive us of those sins and impute your righteousness into our life. Oh God, have mercy. Oh God, have mercy. Have mercy, oh God. Have mercy, Lord. Give us the strength. Give us the strength that we need, Lord. Help us to lay aside these things, the naughtiness, the superfluity. Oh God, help us to lay aside the unrighteousness, the uncleanness. Help us to pray in the Spirit. 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 Help us to get that word in our hearts that we sin not against Thee. Let me hide that word in my heart that I sin not against Thee. Oh, God. us, cleanse us, create in me, oh God, a new heart, cleanse me, create in me, oh God, cleanse me, oh God, create in me a new spirit, a right way, a new heart, cleanse me, come on, that's it, that's it, let's pray, let's pray, hallelujah, you 